This episode is sponsored by SaveTheChildren.org. Save the Children believes every child deserves a future. In the United States and around the world, we work every day to give children a healthy start in life, the opportunity to learn, and protection from harm. We deliver lasting results for millions of children, including those hardest to reach. We do whatever it takes for children, every day, and in times of crisis, transforming their lives and the future we share. Right now, the coronavirus is the biggest global health crisis of our lifetime and threatens children in every way. COVID-19 has already left many children without caregivers, out of school, and exposed to violence and exploitation. Child poverty is rising. With your support, we can help children in unsafe households and help support distance learning in the face of school closures. Here are some ways your support can make a difference. $5 can provide a nutritious breakfast and lunch for a child who usually relies on school for food. $35 can provide educational toys and activities to engage eager, out-of-school learners. Whether it's $5 or $35, every contribution helps the children. For more information, go to savethechildren.org slash savekids or www.savethechildren.org slash savekids. Thanks so much. Now back to the show. everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today's Coffee Talk episode is featuring me. <laughs> so I'm going to sit down with you guys and just talk about the current events and statistics that are out there regarding e-commerce and brick and mortar stores and how this could start changing the landscape for reselling. So I hope you guys enjoy this topic. Hey everyone, so I hope you're all doing well. Um, I am still struggling a little bit with some pulmonary issues. I'm okay. Um, I'm feeling very hopeful that the doctors and specialists will get to a resolution as to what's going on, Um, but I'm not going to be talking for a long period of time. I'm probably going to keep this kind of short only because if I talk for too long, um, it's difficult for me to breathe and I start going into these coughing fits. So uh, yeah, so I'm sorry about that. It's not going to be a typical long episode. I know you guys like that, but um, when it's just me talking, it's a little more difficult for me. So let's start off the episode with a recap as to how this week has been for me, like we always do here on Thrifters Villa. Um, So let's talk about thrifting and online sourcing and how that's been going for me. So I know I've talked about it before and I've put it in YouTube videos and whatnot that um, our thrift stores have been pretty dry here in New England. Um, And I've gone to neighboring states too and it's basically the same across the board. Um, Our prices are very, very high. Um, I mean, there are a few pieces that you can find that, you know, whoever was pricing that day didn't catch and that happens. Um, But more than likely the pieces that I'm finding of Brands that are very, um, I hate to use the word basic, but they're very common. So brands like Gap and American Eagle and um, I don't know, uh, some Target brands, uh, um, <clears throat> all that stuff is being priced between $9.99 and $19.99, which if you're going to buy that stuff, you might as well just go to the store and 
buy it on sale and pay less than what you're paying in the thrift store. So it's this weird balance now with a thrift store, which I don't know if it's going to stay this way, if they're just trying to recoup those profits for the last um, couple months that they were closed. So it's, it, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with all that. I'm hopeful that as time goes on and more revenue is flowing within their business, that that will change. Uh, I don't know if that's the case, but that's what I'm being hopeful. That's what I hope is going to happen. Um, and then the other th thing too is um, I think they're keeping a lot of product in the back. They're only putting out a certain amount each, a certain amount of clothing each day. And I think it's just because they have such a surplus, surplus of items. Um, it would be difficult to put everything out the way they normally would. There's not as many people going into the store. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. So I think over the course of the next few months, if things stay okay, um, right now we don't have a surge going on in Rhode Island. However, there's always that possibility that we might be getting a surge and a second wave of COVID. So I think everyone's just being very cautious when it comes to that. Um, the other thing too is online sourcing. I have, you know, really grown to love online sourcing. I find myself doing it more and more and enjoying it actually more than going to the thrift store, mostly because my thrift stores have been underwhelming. Um, but it's, it's been an interesting learning curve for me. And I know in previous episodes, I talked about how I never really online sourced. I didn't really get it. And it's so expensive and, you know, and on, and on, and on. Um, I'm now realizing that it's almost an untapped market for me that I was missing out on so many great deals. And even if I'm only able to double my money, I'm grabbing brands that I might not typically find in the thrift store. Or I might find on occasion at the thrift store. So I'm getting all these brands that are attractive to buyers, that buyers are looking for. They're priced really well because I'm getting them at a great price point. Uh, I'm able to create bundles because most of my sourcing online has been on Poshmark. I'm able to get discounted shipping. So there's all these different components um, that I'm learning about from a buyer's perspective and then applying it to also me being a seller. So it's been a really great learning process for me. And I highly encourage all of you, if you're struggling um, at the thrift store like I am, or if your thrift stores aren't open and you need inventory and the donations are running low if you're using Nextdoor or whatever app that you're using to get donations, I think you should just take, you know, take a few hours every day and just dive into online sourcing. You know, Lori and I have a podcast episode a few episodes back. I can't remember what um, episode it is, but I'll link it in the show notes. Um, where we sit down with you guys and we online source with all you guys. We go through Poshmark, we go through Mercari, um, Googling different things. So, you know, there's lots of options out there with online sourcing. It could be retail arbitrage. The list goes on. Anyway, I have really found a love in online sourcing. And I think it's something that I'm going to continue to incorporate within my business as time goes on. Um, another thing I want to talk about is my sales and listing. So I've changed my listing process. I've changed um, how I'm listing. I've changed the amount of items that I'm listing. I'm relisting more than I ever did before. Uh, thanks to Poshmark's new update with copy listing. I think that has been a huge game changer for me and for a lot of people out there. Uh, it's very easy now to relist on Poshmark. I don't have to use list perfectly for it, which I did in the past. And I I still could, um, but Poshmark has made it so easy for me to now relist on the app. I've just been using 
their copy listing button. Uh, and I've been relisting 20 to 30 items every single day. And I think that's in turn helped with my sales. Now I am not necessarily selling the items that I'm relisting. Um, sometimes I am, but nine times out of 10, it's other items that are selling in my closet. And I think just that whole relisting process is kicking something within the algorithm and, and you know, featuring my closet in a different way. Now, we don't know how Poshmark's algorithm really works. There's lots of conspiracy theories out there, right? Um, but something's happening within the algorithm. And in this past week and a half, I have made so many sales by changing my process. And it's been fascinating. From um, Sunday of last week to today, so today is Sunday, uh, June 28th, I have made 35 sales. I have not made 35 sales in a week's time since October of last year. So October of 2019 was the last time I made 35 sales in a week. Now, not all the items are of value, like they're, you know, they're very small sales between $15 and $25, but a lot of them were sales that were $40 to $80, which is great. And I wish every sale could be that way and every week could be this way. So I'm going to just kind of keep tracking that and seeing how that goes for me and um, see if there's a trend. If I keep relisting 20 to 30 items every day for the next six weeks, are my sales going to stay consistent? What's going to happen? So I'll, you know, fill you guys in as time goes on and we can kind of talk about that and see if there's been any changes, uh, if it stayed the same or if this was just a fluke week and people were spending more money. I don't know. Um, but it was a really great week and it was very encouraging because I was starting to get discouraged. Um, I wasn't making that many sales and it was becoming difficult to hit my savings goals that I have. So hopefully that keeps going. And the last thing I want to talk about before we get into e-commerce is YouTube. So I took a little bit of a mental break from social media and YouTube and um, it was good. I think my creative juices had just had enough for a little bit and with work and not feeling well, I just couldn't do it. I will say that I'm struggling a little bit with YouTube because I feel like I don't fit the same mold as everyone else that's a reseller and has a YouTube channel. And I typically don't let this kind of stuff bother me. And I'm, it's not a complaint. It's not like a derogatory comment to resellers. It's nothing to do with that. It's just that my style is a little different than other YouTubers. I don't necessarily like creating hauls and I don't, um, like talking about sales and the way that other people do. I am an educator through and through. That is what my degree is in. My master's degree is in teaching the visually impaired. I am an educator. It is what I enjoy doing. I like to teach people and help people. I'm in the helping profession, even now working for the state. That is just who I am to my core. So I'm trying to find my way through YouTube and I'm trying to understand and see how I can be creative and inform people and teach people all while not repeating the same things that have already been said in the reseller world. And I know we all have different spins and takes on everything. 
and there's always a market for everyone. And I understand all that, but I'm just struggling with that a little bit. And I'm, and I'm taking some time the last couple of days and I'm kind of changing the way that I do my Instagram content. I'm going to really focus it more on the teaching aspect. I'll still incorporate things like calls and what I'm finding all that kind of stuff because people like it. And I do want to please all audiences. Um, but I think my main goal with YouTube and Instagram and the shift that I'm going to make is it's going to be more teacher based. It's going to be more content that's going to help the new reseller or motivate a seasoned reseller to maybe try new things or look at their business a little differently so that they can grow and learn. So yeah, I just felt like I had to come on and say that. Um, I don't know. I like to share what's going on. And I think it's important to express when we're struggling with one another and um, kind of work our way through it. And it's like therapy for me, right? Like me talking to you guys is just my therapy session. And um, yeah. So if you guys have any ideas on what you'd like to see as a teachable moment on YouTube, then, you know, send me a message, send me a DM, um, email me, whatever. Uh, and let me know what it is that you'd like to see, because I'd, I'd like to get input from you guys um, and kind of go from there. So now that's done, <laughs> let's talk about e-commerce. Now, this is not going to be like some in-depth conversation about e-commerce, like we're just sitting down and chatting, right? This is just informal conversation and what I'm seeing um, out there. So I think if there's one thing that COVID-19 has showed um, during these last few months, it's that e-commerce is definitely on the rise as retail or, or uh, brick and mortar stores are struggling to stay open and maintain their storefronts. And I think you notice this a lot with um, retail stores that maybe don't have a heavy online presence or haven't spent the money in advertising on promoting their e-commerce presence as much as other stores. Uh, it just for example, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, Microsoft has decided to close almost all of their retail stores. I think they're keeping four open, if I remember correctly from the article I read. H&M is also focusing on online commerce, and they're beginning their process of closing stores. I believe they're closing 40 or 50 stores. Um, other retailers, though, which I thought this was interesting, I read an article, I can't remember the source, and this is so bad, I should have written it down, but it was basically, I think it was CNN Business. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. Hey Thrifters, it's Daniela, and today I'm going to talk to you about one of my favorite mobile games, Best Fiends. I have a slight obsession with mobile games and find myself playing Best Fiends for hours after a long day of work and reselling. I'm currently on level 109 and going strong. The best part? 
Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Download Best Fiends today and join in on the fun. Now let's get back to the show. I think it was CNN business. But anyway, it was talking about TJX. So that's TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Home Goods, right? That whole uh, brand. They actually came out and were not against e-commerce, but it, it kind of goes against, I guess, their, their business. They're all about deal hunting, right? So you go into TJ Maxx and you know you're going to find a great deal. And it's that thrill of the hunt, almost like thrifting. So the way that they explained it was they want to add streams of income to their business by enhancing the e-commerce experience and offering it to customers, but also offering a dual shopping experience by keeping their stores open and allowing customers to come in and touch product and interact with product. Cause I think there's a, like for me personally, I think that's important for me. I like to go into stores. I like to walk around. I like to see what's new and upcoming. I like to touch things. I like to have that, um, that sensory component to shopping, touch, feel, smell, like all of that. Um, I like to experience the products, but then I also like the convenience of being home and buying certain things online. There are some items that I will never purchase online. Like I will never buy a coat online because of the way my body is shaped and I've tried doing it before and it just doesn't work. I I'm much better going into a store and trying on a winter coat. Um, same with shoes. I have a lot of, um, foot problems from dancing for so many years. I have very flat feet. Um, my feet become wider as time goes on because I have rheumatoid arthritis and it's spread to different joints and my feet have just gotten wider. That just happens. So for, for me to buy shoes online, it's very inconvenient because most of the time I don't fit in my size. So I'm typically a size eight and a half, nine, but sometimes I have to go up to nine and a half, 10. So it varies for me. I need to go in the store. I need to try it on. Um, things I will buy online jeans because I know my size and I know the brands that fit me. Um, I'll buy household products. I'll buy shampoos, things like that, that I know, um, I feel more comfortable doing that. So, you know, as a reseller, when you hear this, that so many stores are closing down or stores are partnering with ThreadUp, for example. Walmart's partnered with ThreadUp now. Macy's is partnered with ThreadUp. Retail stores are changing the way that they sell to keep their brick and mortar stores open. And I think that's very creative. And I think it's um, a great business practice to have. But then you see those stores that are just shutting down completely because they just cannot keep up with the online commerce world. In a way, it kind of breaks my heart because America is all about that mom and pop American dream, right? Having a store that you can share with your community. So it's, it almost goes against the, 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 the values that America was kind of built on. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting world that we're in, but as a reseller, it really makes me, I don't know about you guys, but it makes me sit back and think and, 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 you know, if stores like Macy's and Walmart are going to be selling 
clothing and Nordstrom, Nordstrom's another one too, Nordstrom Rack. Um, if they're going to be reselling clothing that they're either getting from returns like Madewell, Nordstrom, right? Or they're getting inventory from ThreadUp. How is that going to change my business model? And how am I going to be able to stand out from these other companies that are now selling secondhand clothing? Now, one would assume that the secondhand clothing that the other re- re- retailers, sorry, um, will be selling will probably be priced up or marked up at a higher percentage than what I would mark it up at because you're paying not only thread up, but the actual business itself, plus the employees that are then packaging and you know doing all that, the warehouse employees. So you would assume the price point would be a little bit different, but then this would mean that I need to be more proactive as a reseller and I need to be looking at these websites and watching what items are being priced at and make sure that I'm pricing it slightly lower so that someone is more likely to come to my store online and purchase the same item that Walmart has, right? Um, The other thing that kind of goes hand in hand with this is these are big companies that are starting to do this, like big corporate companies with huge teams. I'm one itty bitty reseller of a team of one, right? It's just me. So how can I compete with that and stand out and make sure customers see me first? Well, I think as a reseller, you need to be really good at understanding SEO. You need to be really good at your um, pictures and understanding what Google likes to see in pictures and making sure your pictures are clear, making sure your descriptions are really great. You want to give the customer the best customer experience possible. You want it to be personable. You want it to show that you are there for the customer and you've got everything they need so they can make their purchase and be confident in their purchase. And I mean, can a big retailer do that? Yes. Um, Their SEO is going to be unbelievable because they're a big company and they've got people that just focus on that stuff. So we need to start becoming experts in different areas of e-commerce that um, maybe we didn't think about as much or we knew about it, but we just didn't focus too much time on it because, you know, we're too busy finding the inventory, prepping the inventory, listing the inventory, you know, going through those, that process, making sure sales are getting out, all that kind of stuff. So I don't think e-commerce is bad. I think it's great. I mean, I'm a reseller, right? My business is online. Um, So I think it's wonderful, but I think it's going to start changing the landscapes once more of these retail front stores are coming on. I really think it's going to start changing things. And I don't know in what way it's going to shape it. I feel like there's a big shift going on right now in the reselling community. I feel like all these people that have lost their jobs due to COVID or um, are temporarily laid off or furloughed have seemed to resort to selling things online, which I think is great because I've been selling online since I was 16. So I think that's wonderful. Um, But you're noticing more people coming on, whether it's on Poshmark, Mercari, eBay, you know, everyone's kind of sprinkled throughout, but it's, it's making it a little bit difficult to have your items stand out the same way that maybe it once did six to eight months ago. Resellers always come and go, right? There's hobbyists and then there's business. Um, You're going to see a lot of hobbyists right now because they need to make extra cash. um, And this is something they can do by selling everything out of their home. And then if they feel like they can continue doing it, then they'll go into thrift stores and flip items. 
you know, it's, I think it's great that reselling is offering this to every person in the population right now. But it also, I think as a seasoned reseller, makes you step back and, and kind of watch what's going on and um, just kind of see where it's all going. So I'm going to pull up a website right now. So this is um, 10 e-commerce trends that you need to know for 2020. And it's, um, it's an infographic. I'm just going to scroll here. And it just had some interesting facts that I wanted to um, read off to you guys. So the first fact here is that e-commerce has been going constantly and for a good reason, which we all know. Online shopping is one of the most popular online activities. So true. How many times do I online window shop like every day when I'm sitting down and I'm not on Instagram or I'm not reading an article or something. I'm on random websites and I'm just scrolling through to see what's in, what's new, right? All that kind of stuff. So the sales are projected to increase from 1.3 trillion, this was back in 2014, to 4.5 trillion in 2021. I mean, that growth is insane. From 2014 to 2021, we're going to go from 1.3 trillion to 4.5 trillion. That's just crazy. So that's in a seven year span. So you would assume that from 2020, 20, 2021 to 2022, the jump's going to be pretty significant. Um, so let me scroll here, read the next thing. So here it talks about the future of e-commerce after COVID. And I think this is, this is really important is that, um, you know, one of the biggest impacts that COVID had was on retail establishments. So it almost forced e-commerce to grow the way that it did. Um, so many things were locked down. So many things were shut off. The only option people really had was online shopping. So Amazon boomed. Then when Amazon got overloaded and they couldn't meet their deadlines with shipping, people then hopped over to eBay and eBay then started to boom. And eBay is still booming. I think it was on Friday. Uh, I can't remember what the article specifically said. So please do not quote me, but I, the number 60% sticks out in my mind of the increase that eBay has had since COVID-19 because people that are on eBay a lot of them sell household items. So um, Tylenol, for example, or I don't know, uh, cleaning products, whatever it is, right? They were, they're selling it. This episode of Thrifters Villa is sponsored by Swanson Health. Swanson Health has been producing quality vitamins and supplements foods, healthy home, and self-care products for over 50 years, since 1969, from the heart of America. Swanson Health is the only company to offer the full spectrum of wellness products for mind, body, and home, from quality vitamins and supplements to cruelty-free beauty items to eco-friendly home products. Swanson Health is here to keep you healthy. They carry over 20,000 wellness products at a great value. Pick up all of your favorite health products, Plus, discover new ones for your wellness routine, all while leaving money in your pocket. And you know how much we resellers like to save money. If you want to try any of Swanson Health's great products for yourself, use code VILLA20 for 20% off on Swanson.com. Thanks so much. And now back to our show. Well, if Amazon can't get it to you in its two-day time period, someone on eBay who's running their small business is able to get it to you in a couple of days, well then 
you're going to go over there and you're going to, you're going to buy it. Even if it costs you maybe two or $3 more, you're going to do it just for convenience purposes. So it's been really interesting to see that shift in that dynamic change between Amazon and eBay. It's, it's almost like a head to head competition. And it's been really interesting to watch that and to see how people are resorting to going to eBay. And I feel like you're seeing that a little bit within Poshmark too. And Macari, you're seeing more people go onto those reselling platforms to buy items because they still don't feel safe to go into stores. Maybe not all their stores are open and they need some items. Maybe they're going back to work. Their offices are starting to open up and everyone's been in leggings, right? For the last few months and they need some clothes. Um, maybe they've gained a few pounds, who knows, but they need clothes and they don't feel safe going into an actual retail store. So they're resorting to online shopping. Great for all of us resellers, right? But we're definitely noticing that shift. Um, so this little chart here, and this says mobile shopping is growing. Sales made via mobile devices increased by 15% since 2016. 73% of e-commerce sales will be made on mobile devices by the end of 2021. So that tells me that apps like Poshmark, Macari, and eBay and Amazon are going to be the place to go to buy your items. 73% of e-commerce sales will be made on a mobile device. That's crazy to me. That is absolutely crazy, but understandably so. It's the way of the future. I get it. So I also think the other thing that this article kind of touches upon that I feel is important is the role of social media in e-commerce. Now, Instagram just recently launched their shop feature that everyone I believe can now have. I haven't done it yet. It is something that I'm going to start looking into. Um, I just don't have the time to do it right now. But I think platforms like Facebook and Instagram, which is one of the same, um, I think having their shop features and growing an Instagram following and engaging with customers on social media is really the way of the future, which is why I'm such a big advocate of having a business social media account and having that presence and growing your audience and teaching your audience and, and showing them your brand knowledge and, and all of that stuff, right? I think that's very important because the more you grow on social media, theoretically, the more your business will grow too. Now, have I noticed a difference in my sales because of my social media? Now, I only have like 4,500 followers, which is still crazy to me that I have that many. Um, so I personally don't see the difference. However, if you're a larger reseller or if you have been reselling for a long time and people know you and they know the products that you sell, it can heavily influence um, the, the buyer. The other thing about Instagram that I love is you have the ability to use stories to then have your your buyers buy items and not have to worry about shipping fees, not have to worry about platform fees. There's so many benefits to it. Just use PayPal, right? Venmo, whatever it is you want to use. I recommend PayPal, but you know, to each their own. Um, there are just so many different things that you can do with social media. And I really think that in order to have a successful e-commerce business, you need to have some type of social media presence, whether it be a website, whether it be just Instagram, however you want to have your presence online. It could be a podcast. Social media is just basically what it sounds like. It's a form of media that is social. <laughs> That's all it is. So it doesn't necessarily have to be Instagram. 
it could be that you start a YouTube channel and then that's your way of creating profits. I'm sorry if you hear noises in the background. That's my cat spinning around in circles. So yeah. Um, the other thing too about Instagram is the evolution of influencers and how that increases your chances of getting discovered to your target audience. Now reselling, it's a little different. Our target audience is kind of everyone, right? Anyone who wants to buy product such as clothing, shoes, accessories, um, or household items. The other thing too is TikTok, which is like all the rave right now. I don't use TikTok. I, I don't have an interest in using it, but I do want to learn more about it. So that's something that, you know, video sharing, all that kind of stuff. I want to just learn a little bit more about it. I think video is really what people will gravitate towards. People love podcasts. See, I'm a podcast person. I'll watch YouTube, but I don't necessarily watch it. I'm more listening to it. Um, but there is, you know, everyone takes info in differently. So there is a market for just video content and showing products, right? That's definitely a thing. Um, the other thing too, that I think is important to touch upon is I think reselling in general is going to continue to grow as the trends online show simply because sustainability is a big environmental topic that a lot of influencers talk about that um, there's just a lot of advocates for it and brands are starting to advocate for it. And I think it influences buyers as well. I think buyers like the idea of knowing that there are items out there that are being thrown away or donated or, you know, just not given a second chance and to know that they're able to purchase an item and give it another home and give it more life. And that could mean even picking up items that are damaged and flawed and then upcycling them to create handbags or a quilt or something. So there's so many things you can do with secondhand clothing. And I think it, it's, you know, being green and being a green consumer um, is really something that is on the rise. And I think having the digital component to commerce is going to help increase that. And it's going to lead people to want to buy more clothing that is secondhand. Um, you know, there are, there are lots of brands out there. And there's, I have a whole episode, Coffee Talk episode, where I talked to my friend Jill about sustainable brands. There are lots of brands out there that are sustainable, that try to be as eco-friendly as possible. Um, but there's just something about buying an item online that was worn and now instead of throwing it away, someone wants another person to have this item and bring it back to life. I just think there's something about that that is awesome. Uh, yeah. So in terms of reselling, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's gonna to continue to grow. I think as a reseller, we need to really be watching the market. I think we need to really bring our A game. We need to find categories that we're great in, that we sell really well in. We need to really hone in on our practice and our sourcing abilities. We need to showcase our customer service. We need to do all the things that we see big retailers doing but bring it down to a smaller scale and just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it in, in words, but just have the best customer service available. I think we need to really focus on 
the aesthetics of our pictures, not necessarily having these picture perfect professional photos that are photoshopped and this, that, the other, but just making sure we're highlighting all of the aspects of the item that we're selling. So now, for example, with Poshmark, since that's the platform I'm most comfortable with, that's what I'll talk about. Um, we have the ability to have 16 photos, use them if you need to. Highlight each aspect of the item that you are taking pictures of that you're trying to sell. Make sure your description is using all those great search engine optimized words. You're being descriptive. You are using keywords that someone will be searching if they're looking for a specific type of product. You wanna make sure your prices is competitive. You need to make sure you understand comparative pricing. You need to look at all the different platforms and see what items are selling at and making sure that your prices are the same or slightly below to entice a buyer to come check out your closet first. You wanna learn what brands work best for you. And this is super important. You need to know your data. I think the more that we get better at our practice as a reseller, as the reselling market continues to grow and evolve, those are the people that are going to make it, right? I don't wanna see anyone fail. I don't wanna see any of my reseller friends fail. However, if we don't keep up with the times and if we aren't being proactive in trying to learn about what's going on out there, well, it's gonna be very difficult to keep up with those who are taking all the action steps. So, that's really it, guys. I just wanted to get have a little chit chat with you guys and talk about, you know, the world and how things are changing and how as a reseller, we kind of need to be up to speed on all this stuff and we need to understand it. And it shouldn't scare anyone. So I hope this didn't scare anyone. But I think it's important to realize that we need to take the time maybe once or twice a week to read up on what's happening in the commerce world. Read up on what's happening with the stocks. Was eBay up? Was Amazon up? What about Poshmark? What things are Poshmark doing? What about Macari? What's Macari looking like? I think it's important to know that and to know what what group of the population is shopping on which platform and why. I think that we focus so much time on the like the the pretty things with reselling, the thrifting, the cool brands, and all that stuff is awesome. Um, but I, there's so much more to reselling that I think we need to just be conscious of to make sure that we are being the best that we can be in the thing that we love, right? So I hope this episode was helpful for you guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I know it's just me rambling the whole time, but I, I hope you guys liked it. And uh, I'll see you guys next week with Lori. And I hope you have a great week. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Today's sponsor is Hero Cosmetics. They sent us over the Mighty Patch, which is a hydrocolloid acne patch. My son Rocco tried these out and we were both so impressed with the results. He had a bad breakout, so he stuck on a Mighty Patch original overnight and in the morning, his pimple was totally flat. The patch had gently absorbed the pimple. Unlike some of the harsher products on the market, the Mighty Patch was so effective without irritating his skin. You could see all of the gunk that it removed right on the patch. Very cool. If you want to try the Mighty Patch for yourself or for someone in your family, use the code THRIFTERS15 for 15% off at herocosmetics.com. Now back to the show.